Bill's Pod Squad is presented by the New York Lottery. The new seasonal scratch-off games from the New York Lottery are here. With prizes up to $500,000, they're the perfect gift. Head to your nearest retailer and gift one today. You must be 18 years or older to purchase. Please gift responsibly. On this week's episode, we talk to Kim's other half, Bill's owner, Terry Pagula. Terry shares his thoughts on the Bills' 2020 season. He takes us back to interviewing Sean McDermott for the head coaching job and puts the flip phone rumors to rest. All that and more as this week's Bills Pod Squad starts now. Welcome into Bills Pod Squad presented by the New York Lottery. Maddie Glab and Bills owner President Kim Pagula here as your host. Bills Pod Squad is a podcast that takes you into every corner of the Buffalo Bills from players to staff to coaches. We give you an inside look at what it's like to be a part of the team. On this week's episode, we have Kim's hubby and Bills owner, Terry Pagula, on with us to talk about the growth he has seen from the Bills since 2014, and he'll also get into his love for flip phones, or maybe it's now iPhones. He'll tell you all about that. Kim, the Bills are AFC East champions for the first time in 25 years. This was a goal that the team had before the season even began. It's obviously been a goal for Sean and Brandon since they got to Buffalo. And of course, AFC East champions, it's great to to cross that off the list, but there's a lot more in store for this team. And I know it's just the beginning and that's kind of how the players think as well with the t-shirts that they got saying one not done after they won the AFC East. So from an owner's perspective, what was the vibe of the game like? What's the best part about being able to say AFC East champions here? Uh, you know, I, I, I will say that even before all that, one thing that I just thought about that I love is the fact that we are not talking about making the playoffs anymore. Like just the idea of just making it in, whether as a wild card or whatever, like that, that bar has already been, you know, left over. And now, like you said, at the beginning of the season, we talk about, um, winning our division and that's really the bar that we set early on in the season but I love that we, we just we just the assumption and the confidence and knowing that we're at a place where we don't have to worry about just making the playoffs anymore um, and we're setting the bar much higher um, and of course now meeting that meeting that bar and hoping to even go even further and higher um, as the season winds down but I mean, really, what, what a tremendous experience. I mean, listen, we, you know, I think, I'm trying to think last time we played in Denver, um, I think was maybe three or four years ago. Um, and then this time around with no fans, I mean, uh, they had some fan cutouts, not quite the same thing. Um, and, you know, these are, I think going into the game, as many know, I get very anxious <laughs> and nervous. And even though the Broncos, you know, didn't have the best record, they almost beat Kansas City. Um, um, they beat Miami. Um, so, and we know in this league, like every game is not assumed. It doesn't matter. I mean, we just saw that, you know, with, um, with the Steelers and the Bengals. We saw that with the Jets, right? Yes. So you can't assume that it's going to be a win, no matter how well your team is playing. And so a lot of anxiety going in um, and knowing what was on the line. Um, knowing how much this meant. Um, so it was just a lot of anxiety <laughs> going in, but um, really confident as we, you know, left the, the Steelers game and the way we played in that game um, on a national stage, just, um, you know, just, you know, I was nervous, but like, I, you know, it wasn't unreachable, you know, to be able to do it. So um, it was fun. It, it, it really was. It was fun. Um, I actually, 
um, my routine changed. So usually I do go, usually I stay in the suite for the whole game while the mm -hmm. guys, the guys go down into the locker room early. But this time I decided to go down early with them. I didn't go into the nice. locker room. I didn't go into the locker room, but I was able to actually be on the field. Um, when Devin, when Motor uh, scored, scored his 51-yard touchdown. Yeah. Right. So, and it was wild because I'm just standing in the corner. You know, it was a little bit windy and cold. And all of a sudden, I was like, I forgot that, like, the actual game was going on because you're, like, now on the field versus just watching it. I see, like, Motor just running down down the field towards me um so it was a lot of fun just to have that different perspective of what it looks like um actually during the game on the field and it didn't even dawn on me uh, i was like wait he just scored like <laughs> what what happened because you miss what happens from getting to your suite you know walking all the way down and back and on through the tunnel and underneath so i missed the part of the game there that's why i don't like to leave the suite before <laughs> the game is over because you miss a part of that um so it was just it was a lot of fun and then of course um, afterwards, you know, walked out of the tunnels and listen, you know, as you can see on the field after a game, a lot of different things going on. So the whole team didn't like run back to the locker room at once. Guys come back and forth. Um, I shot a, you know, not to be outdone by my husband. Um, I did shot, uh, shoot a little video that the Bills used to, um, when Trey came out of the tunnel, you know, he's doing this little dance, um, cheering on on the victory he had the years around i think he said like 35 years or something like that but <laughs> he knew what he meant um so I, I was able to capture that moment um and kevin Miga came over and gave me a hat and the t-shirt right away and i made sure i i didn't that hat didn't come off all night like i put the t-shirt on like i had like this blouse and dress pants you know dressed up for game day put the t-shirt on over everything i was wearing put the hat on and uh didn't come off till you know till probably like 2 a.m so a lot of fun. I know you guys have your eyes and your sights set on a lot more for this season, but in moments like that, when you get to walk down to the field and you get to see the celebration of these players and just the hard work that they've put in and for a couple moments, they can celebrate and they can take the time to be happy about how their work has paid off. Do you find yourself going into that fandom character a little bit for, for some time, just being able to, just bask in it and and yeah. feel it all well like i said when i was on the field and listen i'm only five foot two so you can imagine how small i feel um on the field and then when the guys are all you know geared up um how big the game and, and everyone in, in it seems like um when i'm on the field um and so just being able to be there like you said you kind of just soak it in that's why i wasn't like really processing that you know that motor is running towards me in the end zone i wasn't really processing it because just just saying like oh my gosh like you know knowing how how big this win this this um mark on our the history of the franchise on on our community um even for tara and i just in our short years you know we've only been owners um owners for i think seven seasons uh, i think this will be our seventh or six and a half seasons um but just knowing all the ups and downs and so many games that we've, we've been through um, that, you know, this was one that we could, you know, mark off the list as, you know, achieving um, under our ownership was, yeah, it was just, it was nice to be there, just kind of think through all that and just soak it in. And, um, you know, and the other thing I think really marked for me was, I mean, obviously I was, my phone was blowing up, right? Everyone was, was texting me. Um, but I think the ones that I think really, you know, for me, um, 
was the ones from our staff. So listen, you know, there are people in our organization that have been here a long time. They've been through many coaches, many more, more so than Terry and I, right? Coaches, GMs, players. Um, and to see how much it means to them to be part of the organization, um, finally, you know, like, you know, I've like been here for working here for, for 16 years and I've never, you know, like this is so proud to be part of the organization. Um, I think that meant a lot to me just to, um, to know how much it meant to our staff who have worked here um, year in, year out. Um, sometimes most of them, if not all of them, don't get the glory that, you know, maybe a player or a coach gets, um, but they are working behind the scenes, um, getting our team ready and wanting to be a part of it. Um, I think that was really cool to, to hear from folks like that and know how much it means to them. And what about the fans walking off of that plane very late and you walk out to a mass of people cheering and screaming for the Buffalo Bills and the coaches and you guys just coming off the plane. I mean, how, how did you feel seeing that scene? Because even I waking up the next morning and catching up on social media and seeing that, like, that's really emotional to watch and to see. And to be able to see that and experience that live, I can't even imagine what it was like, Kim. You know, um, so when we made the playoffs the first year um, after the drought, uh, we were we played Miami, and that was, you know, um, the Bengals clinching that for us. Um, so since we lived there, you know, Tara and I went home after the game. We didn't travel back with the team. And I saw those videos um, back then. And I, I said to myself, you know, like, gee, I wish we had, you know, gone back with the team to be a part of that. Um, so this time around, we were, you know, we were with the team. So it made sure that, you know, we didn't miss out on that moment. Um, but, you know, looking back, I think, you know, I wasn't sure because of COVID, you know, mm -hmm. like, listen, and I knew our security and I know the protocols from our team. Right. I knew that it was not something we wanted to encourage or anything like that. But, but, you know, kind of in the back of my head thinking, okay, I know there's going to be some fans there, right? Um, no matter, no matter what, even if it's COVID, but to really, to, to see the pictures, um, to look out the plane window when we landed, and, and that was only some of the ones I could see out the, the <laughs> plane window. And then to walking down the steps. I mean, I, first I was like, oh my gosh, I like, don't fall down these stairs. <laughs> like, you know, I'm in heels, you know, it's cold out. It's one thirty in the morning. There's like cheering and yelling going on. And I was like, okay, just hold on. Don't do not fall down these stairs. Um, but it was just tremendous to see the, the pouring of support of people out there. Um, people, and some of them had been there for hours, right? Like, I, like I said, we landed about 1.30 in the morning. Um, and then, so there was a whole, like, like I said, um, group of people along the fence and you know, like along the whole fence, right? So I was like, oh, this is awesome, and, you know, taking videos, uh, as Terry said, um, and it just, but then we, when we drove out, like, just, they were so close, you know, and I'm like putting up my window because we have <laughs> our window open, and but you could just see how, you know, listen, it's 1.30 in the morning, and to, to get that amped up and so excited to welcome these guys home, um, it just, yeah, it just, it brought tears to my eyes just to, to know how much it meant to this community. Um, the season's not over yet. You know, we, you know, this is just one mark that we, um, achievement that we have, but it, yeah, it just, it was, it just, um, it was really emotional to, to see the outpour of, of love and support that 
this community has for their team. Yeah, and in times like that, I know we are all going, dang it, I wish we were not in the middle of a pandemic. I wish we could also embrace these fans and give them high fives and, you know, interact with them like how we know and how we want to. But hopefully that's right around the corner and hopefully there's brighter things ahead for possibly the playoffs and, of course, for next season. But Speaking of things that are ahead, the holidays are right around the corner, Kim. Christmas Eve, Christmas, just a couple days away and so many more holidays that people celebrate and partake in. And since the holidays are here, I wanted to help everybody get in the holiday spirit a little bit. I want to know what your favorite part about the holidays are. Oh, my favorite part about the holidays. Oh, there's so many. I mean, out of every holiday, like Christmas is it for me. I, um, I love it. I embrace it. I just, you know, I go all out. I did you decorate myself. a lot earlier this I, year? Yes, I did. I did decorate. I decorated less knowing that I wasn't really going to have company um, mm -hmm. from the outside coming in, but I, in it, but I did get to decorate early. But um, I mean, I just, I, I love everything about it. I'm watching Hallmark movies now. Now I used to be watching the Hallmark Christmas movies, you know, at, around Christmas. Now I'm, I'm like watching them before Thanksgiving, right? So, so I have been watching them all. And now there's just not only Hallmark, but now there's like other channels that have them. So, I mean, it's constantly on. Even if I'm not processing and actually watching the movie, it's just always on the Hallmark channel. I love about that. Um, I, I love giving. I mean, I love giving gifts. Um, and I will say this year, I sent out a Christmas to every staff member. So it was close to 500 Christmas cards that um, I sent out to every staff member um, that we had. And um, just especially this year with, like you said, talking about the pandemic and not having that, that connection um, like we used to with our fans and with our staff. Um, I just wanted to you know, at least have a touch point and at least send out cards this year. Um, I didn't do it last year. I used to do it, didn't do it last year. I mean, we just kept growing, growing, so it got hard, but I just wanted to make it a point. So I just love giving and finding gifts. I sent gifts to people that um, I don't normally send gifts to, but because of kind of the challenging year and people that kind of did a lot more outside of, you know, our, um, my circle, people at the league and at the different leagues and people, other people that I'm on different committees or boards with that I don't normally, I don't normally give them gifts, but um, this year I just felt like, you know what, everyone needs a little extra. Uh, this year so um, I love doing all that and of course just you know the baking the cookies the cakes the candy like you know all of it so any excuse to uh, consume the sweets Kim Pagula is right there oh, the yes, first person yes, in line I, I am I am I just uh, like I said I just love um, I don't know just the whole spirit of it and just the hopefulness of the new year and just like I said it's just COVID or not, it's still the best time of the year. Yeah, definitely. I received one of those holiday cards that you sent. It was so sweet to receive one. I mean, so thoughtful of you and Terry to be able to send a card to all the staff members. Definitely a cool thing to get in this holiday season when we're not able to be together and able to celebrate how we normally do so. But I echo you. I mean, the holidays, one of my favorite things is just being with my family, uh, living away from home 
most of my life after I left for college. I haven't been living in Chicago since I was really 18. And so being away for 10 years now, the holidays are a reason to come home. And it's always tough to get home working in sports, of course. So the holidays are that one excuse that I usually have like, okay, I can even fly home for 24 hours and it'll be worth it. You know, in football, it's tough to get home for Christmas because it's still the middle of the regular season, but I was able to get home for just a day last year. Was hoping to do that this year, of course, but then the pandemic hit and then it's like, nope, we're not going anywhere. We're staying in Buffalo for the holidays, which is totally fine. Um, but I do enjoy seeing my family, seeing my parents, my brother, my sister, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents. It just makes the holidays truly special and ringing in the new year is something always fun as well. Getting to look forward to what's to come, making goals and things like that. And oh, I think I'm back, I think back to last new year, Kim, and I'm like, we had no idea what we had coming for us. Here we are bringing it in like 2020. It's going to be the <laughs> best year ever because it's 2020. Like we're going to achieve all these things. Nope, right. you guys are about to be locked up in your houses for the next year. So hopefully 2021 can uh, can bring us getting unlocked out of our houses and getting yeah. to enjoy everything that our country and our world has to offer. Yeah, no, definitely. If, if this year has taught us anything, is to appreciate what we have. Um, and that, you know, sometimes we don't need all the stuff we thought we needed. Uh, we can do without. And what, you know, truly makes us happy learn about you know the people that we live with sometimes you take them for granted because you you think they're always around then you have to live with them you know constantly where like you guys can't go anywhere um and then just like i said just appreciating uh what other people are doing to help get your for you know for terry and i to get keep our organization going to keep our teams uh, going um so you know we're starting a new hockey season so getting that going again kind of I get to repeat like kind of the mm -hmm. beginning of uh like beginning of camp with football now I get to start back up again so <laughs> so yes 2021 um it's coming it's going to be better than 2020 um but you know we'll but that's up to us to make it that way so excited anyways doesn't matter it's the holidays I love it yeah definitely this year's definitely helped with perspective I think on a lot of people just putting things into perspective of what we've been blessed with, how we can bless others and just how we can increase our relationships with the people around us and in our lives. But that segment was brought to you by the Buffalo store. The Buffalo store is also this week's game sponsor. They're the official retailer of the Buffalo bills. The New York lottery is giving away $50 worth of the new limited edition New York series scratch off tickets with a chance to win up to $1 million to one of our lucky listeners each week. Visit buffalobills.com slash NY lottery or click on the link in the podcast description to enter now. All right, here's our interview with Terry Pagula. Terry, we are so excited to have you on a guest as a guest of this podcast. So pumped. I feel like Kim, has it has it been long enough where where it's time for Terry to get on the podcast? I think this is episode number 15, and Terry is finally just getting on the podcast. He is the hardest person to get a hold of and to commit to something. So I had to use all my persuasion to get him on this podcast. And I will tell you, this is not. I, I did not study at, at all I did for this for this guest interview. So, I mean, I feel like I've been, you know, working last 27 years just for this opportunity to ask my husband questions about the team. Um, so, happy to have cool. you here. About bye the bye. team. 
well, questions yeah, about a, the team? This is a Bills podcast, so you know we got to ask you questions about what's happening with the with the team right now. That's what we talk about. So yeah, but I'm, I'm not I'm not the coach or the GM. Well, they're busy. They got other more important things to do. So oh, okay, yeah, that's right. I'm not busy, so. I was just going to have the podcast be uh, how well do you know your spouse questions? Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> but it's the Oh, yeah. What's that, what's that game show? What's that game show where they have the husband and the wife? The, new, the newlyweds one? Is we are definitely it? not newlyweds. <laughs> well, it's the perfect week, Terry, to have you on because the Buffalo Bills are the AFC East champions, something that hasn't happened since 1995. And I know it's just a step in the right direction. It's just one goal that has been accomplished in a season where there's still a lot of goals within reach and goals that are able to accomplish. But I want to go back to 2017 when you first hired Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and some of those first meetings that you guys had together where you laid out a vision and you laid out a plan for what the Buffalo Bills would look like under Sean and Brandon. And I just wanted to know what some of those initial meetings were like, what some of the visions were that were explained and, and how it's played out in your eyes from 2017 until now where we're at in 2020. Well, first off, I'll go back before uh, what you're speaking of. I remember when we interviewed Sean and he came in with a couple of these big, thick, loose leaf binders. And he, we already knew he was a two-time national prep champ wrestler. And I said, I can't wait till I meet this guy because, you know, I know wrestlers from the past and they're, for lack of a better term, I knew he was going to be a pit bull. So, uh, you know, we'd ask him a question and he would open the notebook, not every question, but sometimes he would open the notebook and he'd pull out this or look at this tattered page, which had, you could see it was written in five different pens, different colored pencils, names crossed out. And like Sean was preparing for his opportunity long before he was offered it. Uh, and that was our first meeting with him. Uh, Brandon, uh, you know, Brandon was sort of a, a sleeper when we, when we interviewed him. Uh, you know, it was like, uh, you know, He'd been in Carolina for so many years uh, that you you were wondering if he was ever going to leave. Uh, you know that was our biggest fear. Like this guy's not going to leave Carolina. You know he's he's been down there for so long, but uh, he did. And then the meetings after that were they're all natural. You know we we Brandon and I he sat across my desk here, which I'm sitting at my desk in the office. And he's done everything but threaten my life sometimes when we, we argue about some players or whatever. <laughs> so, of course, I don't argue with him unless I think I know something. But uh, and, uh, Sean, Sean's, Sean's easier, uh, I won't say easier to get along with, but he's, he's a smoother, smoother guy, you know, as far as uh, chatting with him. Well, and I, I will say too, hon, if you remember, Sean interviewed us. Like he was one of the very few, if I think maybe the only ones I can remember that actually did a lot more questioning about us as owners um, in the interview process where we're trying to hire a head coach. He came back, I think it was in the second interview 
and he grilled us about the organization and our commitment and what I mean a lot of stuff we were we were put on the hot seat by Sean um, so you know luckily he passed and we passed so like I said uh, must be a, a reason we were supposed to, meant to be together hey, hey Maddie here, here's one for you so we met Sean on our boat down at West Palm and we sat around the table outside and you know it's the weathers the winds the nice cool breeze or warm breeze and because i i i subscribe to the happy wife happy life theory my first question to sean was uh where's your wife from and he said she was uh from born in miami and I like visibly sank in my chair. It was like, oh, here we go. Because we had actually had players and or maybe coaches. I you know I can't remember all the names. You know, turn us down because they didn't want to didn't want to come to Buffalo. Might but, but have been Florida people. Including the wife didn't want to come to Buffalo. Well, <laughs> so let me finish my story. So so he tells me he tells me his wife is from Florida, and I go to. In, I didn't realize I did it, but I guess I wouldn't make a good poker player. Uh, Sean said, yeah, I could see you just sink in your chair. And then I said, where did you meet her? And he said, well, I met her in Philadelphia when I was, when uh, she was in school up there. And all of a sudden I was like a flower you put water on. Like I came back up from my wilt and it was like, oh, we have hope here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, he always, uh, you know, obviously being a husband and wife team, um, you know, the wife does is, is a factor. <laughs> so, but I always find it funny that he's the one that's asking the wife questions, not, not me. <laughs> I mean, I, sometimes that's how you, that's how you get the info and uh, learning that Sean McDermott's wife was from Miami. I'm sure as well with a lot of our players when you hear where they're from and and they're being told do you want to come to buffalo it's it's not the most exciting thing maybe at at first comment but the perception of this place has completely changed i mean you ask our current players who have just came in within the last year or so what they thought of buffalo and the league-wide perception was Buffalo is the place to be. This is the team you want to play for. This is the coaching staff you want to play for. This is the, the GM you want to talk to in the beginning because they're building something here and you want to get on before, before times ran out. And to see in the past couple seasons, the, the team build in success and to see where they're at right now with so much left ahead of them, Terry, is this what you envisioned when, when you hired Brandon and Sean in 2017? Was this a part of a four-year plan or was this a part of, you know, it's going to take a couple years, but we expect division championships and we expect wins in the playoffs once you guys get to a point where you feel like the roster is good? Well, it's what you hope for. Uh, a lot of plans you make don't work out. Uh, we all realize that and you know like you say we're still on on the road here but it's obviously what we hoped would happen to the franchise and um, you know God willing uh, we'll continue down the road and um, it'd be 
be successful for for many years but that's that's what every owner's ambition is and uh, every coach every gm every player it's it's what we all want to do in this league and i think sometimes uh, maybe people don't understand how difficult it can be to win in any sport uh, there's only one champion every year and there's a lot of broken hearts afterwards so um, it, it's it's very difficult but it's what we all hope for and i think you could see when we interviewed sean you know terry talked about the um the details of his notebooks and how he's been preparing uh for this opportunity for a long time and I mean, we, we, you know, we were hoping, hopeful that we could see that now going through when he actually was the head coach and um, passing it along to his coaching staff and his players. And in Brandon, we also saw someone that had, um, I, I would say, you know, obviously knowing the players is important that that scouting part of the GM, uh, the GM role, but he also had a lot of skills um, around, you know, managing people, the leadership, understanding the cap of the rules, the relationships with other GMs um, around the league. Um, there was just a lot of other intangible things that I think Brandon also, we saw in Brandon early on that we felt that, listen, if he had the opportunity and those things, we supported him and those things um, grew that, you know, we could certainly be in the position that where we are now. And I don't think, I think, I don't know how many times they both told us like, listen, this is like not gonna happen overnight. Like this is gonna take some <coughs> Um, and they reiterated that to us all the time. Um, and I think, you know, just the small moves and as Terry said, they, listen, they made mistakes along the way as well, but, um, but having the confidence that they were the right person for our organization, I think really helped us to, to stay, um, you know, consistent and, and keep them on board. And like I said, we're starting to reap the benefits of that. Can you guys think back to a game this season or maybe last season uh, when you two were together in the suite or after the game talking about a win, when you both looked at each other, had a conversation where you're like, I, th I think this is it. I think this is the right, I think we've got the right people. We've got the quarterback. There's going to be some special things that happen underneath right. Sean and Brandon and, you know, the building blocks and the players that have been here and, and are going to be re-signed and already have been re-signed. You go first, son. I, I don't think there's been a moment. To me, it's been, uh, it's like walking up a set of stairs, a long set of stairs. And, you know, we're still walking up the stairs. And I think probably the community feels this way. Uh, they feel like this team might be just getting better at the right time and it's been a long gradual climb and we're still climbing but I, I can't think of one moment where you say wow we've arrived um, that's my that's my opinion uh, I, I think it's probably a pretty fair assessment and if you listen to our quarterback in the locker room, uh, we can't we can't be happy with where we're at. He's uh, he uh, emphasized that after our last win, he's he's got a good head on his shoulders. Uh, you know, we're not there yet, so we keep working. We all know that. 
being yeah, I, in the I locker room. Agree. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead, Kim. Agree. Was there was there a game? No, there I would I would agree. There probably wasn't one particular game. I just think, you know, as we went started through the season and you're like, oh, we beat the Rams, you know, just you know, a, a very high offense team um, that had been in the Super Bowl before. Um, oh wow, you know, we beat, you know, Seattle. Like it's just all of a sudden as the, the season progressed, you're like, wow, like, you know, and you start checking off the boxes on some of these teams that we thought were going to be, um, you know, a, a big matchup for us. And we beat them and you saw things really developing on the field and our offense. Like, so, you know, I, I agree. It was just all of a sudden like, wow, like, wait, we're, wait, we're legit. Like, <laughs> um, we have a really good team. You, you, uh, Matt, you know anything about math, Maddie? I'm I'm okay with math, Terry. I will you know, say that you know, was one of my sign, better subjects you know a, in school. You know what a sine wave is, right? Yes. Or no. Well, yes. We we like to we I like to maintain a low amplitude. In other words, like this. You know, not not like this. So, never too high, never too low. Yeah, You're just going on. Low amplitude. Yeah, okay. We win a big game. Let's get the next one. I like it. It's the right attitude to have, and it's the attitude that this coaching staff has, the players have. It's an attitude of, yes, we did just win the AFC East, but there's still a lot more that we want to accomplish. And Sean said, we're going to, we're going to enjoy this for 24 hours, but after the 24 hours is up, hey, we've got work to do. The regular season isn't over yet. Uh, we have a long road that we want to accomplish in the playoffs. And you saw all the teams have the t-shirts. All of our players have the t-shirts one not done after the Broncos game in the locker room. And that's kind of been the, the phrase, the word that has been tossed around the last few days because of what's ahead and this team wants to accomplish. Terry, what was it like after the game in the locker room, though, when you were able to, to have a little celebration and be happy with winning the East? What, what was the vibe like with the players? What were their attitudes? How was it to kind of be a part of those moments where you guys worked so hard to get there? Well, that was definitely a, a very special thing for the community and the team. Um, you know, it, to be honest with you, one of the first things that, that came into my mind was, Terry, do you realize how good Tom Brady had to be all these years for us to have to wait this long to get by him? Uh, that's one of the first things that, that came into my mind. Uh, you know, there's been this wall between us and the division championship for a long time, and uh, we're by it now. So um, that's very re rewarding. It's been a tough division to win for a long time. It still is tough. Uh, there's nothing easy in, in football. But, uh, you know, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned a moment, probably my favorite moment I've had in the locker room was uh, when uh, Kyle Williams brought his kids in and, uh, and he was retiring and uh, watching him, uh, you know, leave the franchise uh, as an active player. Uh, to me, that was pretty special. And You know, I, I would say what I thought about after, uh, you know, the game in Denver was that just, you know, Terry and I, in 1995, Terry and I were living in Orchard Park um, with three kids, um, two stepkids, or, um, 
our, sorry, we didn't have three kids. We only had one child. She was one years old. Our oldest daughter, Jessie, she was one years old. Um, and we were just, you know, just like part of the community, just fans living in Orchard Park. You know, we, we had a job, business, um, and not even thinking then that, oh my gosh, 20 years from now, we're going to be owning the team and we're going to be celebrating an AFC East title like 25 years later. Um, that's what I was thinking about, just how strange in life is that we come full circle um, and where we were 25 years ago in our lives. That was pretty cool to think about that. Yeah, that is cr pretty crazy to think about that and how much can change in just a short amount of time. Terry, becoming yeah. an owner. And some, some, of these guys, some of these guys weren't even born. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we heard a lot of our players talk about how, you know, so, some of the guys on the teams weren't on this team weren't even a thought at the time in 1995. <laughs> and here they are a part of the Buffalo Bills team won the AFC East champion for the championship for the first time in 25 years. But you speak to being in Orchard Park and just being a part of the community and a resident. And here you are now the owners of the Buffalo Bills. Terry, did you ever think that you would own two professional teams? When did this become a thought? When did it become a reality? I know you were a fan of sports, but it's not, it's not every day that someone gets an opportunity to become an owner of two professional sports franchises, let alone teams like the Buffalo Sabres and the Buffalo Bills, teams that you have cheered for. So did you ever imagine that you'd be here in, in 2020 that's, with, with two teams? That's an easy question to answer. No. <laughs> well, I don't know, Han. You, you, you dreamt about it. You, you, we had conversations, but it wasn't a, I mean, it wasn't a, a reality that we thought would. Yeah. Happen. And when I was six years old, I wanted to be president too. So, yeah. you know, like we all have dreams. Yeah. But that goes to show you, aim as Kim used to tell us, aim high. Yep. So, uh, you know, we aimed high for sure. Well, speaking of aiming high, it seems like the highest you can aim in the NFL is the Super Bowl. And that's a word that has been tossed around a little bit in the last few weeks with the Buffalo Bills and the way that they're playing. They're now the number two seed in the AFC for the playoffs. <clears> and that's a way that you can get all the way. You want to be the highest you can be. They're able to move up to the number two seed, hosting a home playoff game. These are things that hopefully make it easier to make it all the way. In the beginning of the season, when you guys were sitting down and planning out, is the season going to happen? What is it going to look like? How tough is it going to be to get an entire team in here and play a regular season and keep it on time and on schedule? Was the word Super Bowl things that you guys talked about with Sean and Brandon, were these a part of the expectations or the hopes for this season to win playoff games and to hopefully make it all the way to the biggest stage you can be on in the NFL? Well, for me, being part of the one game, as a matter of fact, one play at a time guy. Oh, Terry, you're gonna give the me a speak right here. Come on. Yeah, the answer the answer to that, okay, is that coach speak? Uh, I you know, to me it's one play at a time. Uh, if we keep piling on each other, maybe. We'll see. 
Kim, what do you got? (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying, no, you know, listen, at the beginning of a year, you know, as you know, Maddie, we were just trying to figure out how to get it done and who was allowed in and who's allowed out. And um, there's no, no expectation. Who are we interviewing here? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) It's both of us. We're, we're a tag team, hon. So you got to take both. Um, but, but anyways, oh, oh wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh no, Hon, you're supposed to turn that he's off. On, Hello. he's on the clock. Hello, Tredavious White, Trey. How, Trey, how, how you doing, Trey? Hey, Trey. You know what? I'm glad you called because you know what? <laughs> you might be able to see a quarterback's eyes, and you might be able to see a football, but you know what? You can't tell an iPhone from a flip phone. And you know you can't you got to stop telling our fans that I have a flip phone because I don't. I I have an iPhone, Tredavious. Okay, you, okay, Trey. I'm glad you called, and uh, I accept the apology. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Now where were we? So, so Terry, are you telling us that you you don't have a flip phone? I just saw you answered with an iPhone. Do you want to put yeah. this rumor to rest here? Well, Trey's the one that keeps resurrecting it. So, uh, you know, I have proof. You know, this is, isn't this an I I don't know. Is this an iPhone? I don't think that's a, flip, a flip phone. I, I think that's I an iPhone. I can't flip it. So. <laughs> but I just set him straight. So uh, he's going to have to apologize uh, to the public but, and uh, quit spreading rumors. But, Maddie, I, I will tell you a secret, though. He, yeah, let's hear it. Correct. He has Uh-oh. an iPhone. He has an iPhone. But... He still holds on to his flip phone. He still has an active account with his old number. He still has the phone in his, not in this office desk drawer, but in Florida. He still has it there, still pays monthly to have a phone, to, to have the flip phone. So Trey's not totally off base. He's so you just pour, fire. you're putting gasoline on the fire here with Trey. Well, I just say, you're not using the iPhone, but you still have it. It's still active. You can't you can't bear to let it go. I don't know why. I think he's waiting for it to come back in style. Well, I'm, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell Trey. We'll we'll end this topic here. But I'm gonna tell Trey. I don't make fun of the Tredavious White Goalie Academy, so he doesn't need to make fun of my phones. Yeah. I mean, okay? you could start the Terry Pagula Goalie Academy. It could be just as successful, if not more. Uh, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, no. You know what, Trey's. Trey's the best player to come out of Shreveport, Louisiana, I hear. Self-profe- self-professed. So, uh, you know, it's hard to top that. That's what I hear, too. But to keep on with the iPhone talk, because I've got a question about the iPhone. You know how to use the iPhone because a video came out on Buffalo Bill's social media where you, Terry, were, were the videographer for a day filming on your iPhone after practice a snowball fight and Tredavious White is sitting at a top of a big pile of snow getting snowballs thrown at him. Uh, was this just a spur of the moment thing? How did you know to whip out your phone there and start recording probably the most epic 30 seconds of that week in Buffalo Bills football practice? Well, you know, the, I, I heard a bunch of hooping and howling and uh, I saw some snow flying around. As a matter of fact, I got hit with some of it. So I pulled the phone out and I said, you know, I, I got to have some witness against these guys and I get injured. So uh, I started filming. 
Did you get and, hit and by who's on top of the pile? Trey, and he's accusing me of having an iPhone or a, a flip phone, and I didn't. So, um, but he, Maddie, he had no idea that it was on social media. Yeah, I, like, yeah, how I did you get so. that? How did you get the video? I didn't. Did I send it to you? And I'm like, no, uh, hon, it's it's all over the internet. So I don't know how I, you didn't give him permission, did you? Give who permission? The the bills to use your video. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I... Uh oh, bills might owe you some money for that video uh, then if you didn't oh. give him permission. <laughs> yeah, it, it's gotten. Oh, so uh, who like... put it on? It's probably Tredavious that put it on there. Getting to witness a snowball fight, getting to witness that much laughter, uh, it's very common to get around this team and get a sense of how close they are, uh, just the high character that each player possesses. What has it been like this season? I know it's been tough for everybody to kind of have that face-to-face -face interaction with our team, but what's so special about the group of guys that are in that locker room terry and how how has it been being able to continue to build relationships with just so many wonderful people inside of that room yeah they all seem to get along pretty well don't they um which is good uh it's it's what's called a team and um you know i i like uh you know all these guys talk to me differently you know like I'll tell you one thing that was scary when I went in the locker room <clears throat> after the game, uh, after we clinched the division title, like I was actually fearing for that. I was going to get injured because some of these guys, when they hug you, when they're all adrenaline up, like it hurts. <laughs> so, you know, you got guys grabbing your hand and shaking your hand and your hand is deformed after, uh, you get done shaking hands with them and they pat you on the back and almost knock you 15 feet across the room. You know, you need <laughs> so, to work out more, hon. Huh? You need to work out that's more. A, that's a little dangerous place to be when these guys, you know, are happy, you know. <laughs> you got to take, uh -huh. take one for the team. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds like a good place to be, though. I mean, being in the middle of, of all that fun and, and yeah. all those hugs, I'm sure a lot of players treat you differently, like you said. Who Who is um, the most prone to mess around with you and joke around with you? And and who is someone that maybe is, is a little bit more on their best behavior when you're around? Oh, there's a lot of guys on their best behavior, but, you know, the, the, the characters are <clears throat> Lee Smith, Deion Dawkins, Trey. Uh, a lot of the guys are quiet. Harry, Harry's a good guy, and uh, you know, but he he's more respectful. But you know, Lee Smith calls me boss man, and I'm like, I'm Mr. Pagula or Terry to you, you know, like call me Terry, you know. But um, Lee also gives uh, Christmas gifts, which I won't mention on the on the podcast. But uh, <laughs> he's got a little side business down in Kentucky. Um, but uh, who else is the characters? Well, hey, hon, didn't try. Oh, didn't Jerry, Jerry Hughes. Yeah, Jerry. Jerry is, uh, is Jerry's a character, and you know, there's a guy right there that he's he's been through it, and he's got to feel good about. Um, his um, his play this last Sunday, <clears throat> we're on the bus after the game. And mind you now, 
Betty, you've seen Jerry's play, right? Obviously. And I looked at Jerry on the bus. I said, Jerry Hughes, touchdown maker. <clears throat> and he said, yeah, I used to be a running back in high school. I said, well, after watching you run with that ball, you looked like you were swimming, Jerry. I said, after watching you run with that ball, I can see why you're not a running back anymore. <laughs> and we were all laughing because, <laughs> you know, he, he did look like he was swimming. <laughs> that, that ball was going everywhere. And we were all yeah. yelling at him from the suite, like, get down, get down. You know, like, yeah, Dan, Dan Morgan's Dan Morgan sitting in front of us as funny as heck. He's screaming, get down, get down, get down. Then Jerry made the turn, start head for the end zone. Go, go, go. <laughs> <laughs> so... But, uh, you know, that's, that's the fun part of the, the game. You know, obviously, um, it was a big play for Jerry. I make fun of him, but, like, he's another great guy on the team that, uh, you know, I just love to be around him. I know another fun part about watching these players and watching this team has been watching Josh Allen grow and progress in his career from his rookie season to where he's at now. He's made so many strides in the right direction, and now he ranks – top 10 among all quarterbacks, top five among all quarterbacks when you look at stats and things like that this season and is continuing to break franchise records, already passing Jim Kelly for most total touchdowns in a season. And to see what he's done this year has been really impressive. But you guys were a part of some of those, you know, initial conversations of getting a quarterback. That was, that was something that was on the list that this team needed to do was draft a quarterback. And Josh Allen, we've talked about in this podcast before, Kim, <laughs> Brandon said that Josh was one of the guys who had the biggest upside. So Terry, watching Josh in his first three seasons as an NFL quarterback, how has it been in your eyes to watch somebody grow? Yeah, the kid from Fireball. As actually, you know, until I saw it spelled out, I always thought he was saying Fireball. I didn't <laughs> know. <laughs> but I guess it's a small place in California. But to watch him come from there through Wyoming. And you know what? I had my questions on, on Josh, you know, coming out of college. I, I admit that. Uh, but he's really risen through the ranks. And uh, he's... He's a student of the game. He works hard. A lot of people may not understand that how the work he's put in and the built-in leadership. We should all thank Josh's parents because he was obviously raised right. I asked him a question years ago, how'd your arm get so strong? He said, I'm 10 years old. I was throwing rocks out of the field uh, in, in his, on his dad's farm. So, um, you know, we should all, like I say, thank his parents because he obviously grew up working hard and it's translated into what he's doing on the field now. Things that you never think about uh, that, well, well, if you go to the Manning camp or you, you, you work at, at your trade, you got to have that foundation below it and Josh definitely has it. Being here and being in Buffalo, the owners of the Buffalo Bills since 2014, you guys have seen 
success, you've seen struggle, you, you've seen the ups and downs of, of being owners of a professional team and now seeing it through to the success that we've had this season and hopefully we'll continue to have this season. For both of you, what's the best part about being an owner of, of a Buffalo Bills team? Well, I'm gonna go first this time. He's hogging up mm. all the time. I'm gonna, I, I will say really just, you know, when we walked off the plane um, after the Denver game, um, just seeing the, the reaction of a 25 years or a lifelong um, just uh, love of this team and just really just appreciating what this team means to this community and to the fan base. Um, seeing that manifest itself into the reaction and the people out at the airport. Um, that's, I say that's the best part. Terry, what's been the best part for you? I, I more or less agree with that, looking at um, the success of the team and how the community follows it. I like to tell people, we lived in Pittsburgh, or I lived in Pittsburgh for many years, even before I met Kim, and saw that region transformed by the Steelers. And it was very rewarding and, and impressive to watch the impact they had on that community by winning Super Bowls and, and, and being successful. So, uh, you know, I hope that we can do the same thing here. Yeah, what are, what are your hopes for the rest of the season? I mean, we've got two games left here in the regular season and then we start the postseason. So what would you, what would you like to see this team do? What are some of your hopes as we continue on down the road? Uh, stay injury free and win them one game at a time. Same for you too, Kim. Yeah, you know what, it's just to, um, you know, coach talks about, you know, growing every day, learning from every game. As we've seen around the league, sometimes, you know, you get a team that hasn't been winning all season and can get a game on you, right? And, um, and you know, sometimes you let down your guard and um, it's not, you know, it's not easy to win in this league. Uh, so I just, you know, the focus, just like to see um, our team keep the focus, um, build on the, on the things that they need to work on um, and obviously, you know, finish strong. Terry, I've got to ask you just about this season and just working through a pandemic. I mean, we've all kind of had to go virtual and online in a lot of different ways. So we've talked to Kim and Kim's shared just how her daily um, duties and things have completely changed. But how has your, your daily routine changed for you in being an owner? Uh, I'm sure Zoom was something that you weren't using every single day before this or uh, knew what Zoom was as none of us did, but how has your routine changed since March? Well, obviously you can't go everywhere you want to go. Um, I like to drive, so I like to go to places that, you know, my office in Pittsburgh or up to our lake. Uh, it's, it's more difficult to follow guidelines. You know, our, our whole routine now in the NFL centers around testing and doing the things that are required of us to be safe. So, you know, that's, uh, I'm not used to that. I'm used to just 
floating around and doing my thing and saying, I'm going to, I'm going to the office today or I'm doing this, doing that. And um, you can't do that right now. So. Yeah, sometimes and we're at home and I'm in one room and he's in the other and we're both talking and we're both on, on Zoom calls. So it's a little bit weird to be, uh, to be home. Like right now, like I'm in my office, he's in his, which is on the opposite end of the building. So um, we're having this conversation, but like in different parts of the building. Do you have a little we, bit more, go ahead. We have this dog, Lucy, who I just had to dump on, uh, Lori Young, uh, L.Y., so she's downstairs with the dog. I said, hey, you know, because I, I wanted to get to the airport. Uh, my daughters are coming into town, so uh, with their dogs, you know, we're, we, we're dog-centric, so, you know, right now the dogs are pretty much running the life, so <laughs> the non-football and hockey part of it. I was going to say, you always know the Pagulas are in the building if the dogs are around. Yeah, yeah. That is true. So, Han, what are you looking forward to over the holidays? <clears throat> so what What is some of your favorite? Share with with our our listeners and our viewers some of your favorite Christmas traditions. Well, one thing that I thought was going to be somewhat different this year was well, we're not going to the lake. I like to go up to the lake in the Adirondacks because there's generally anywhere from one to three feet of snow. So uh, we'll be local here. And the other interesting thing I noticed, Maddie, is like Kim is like, she's not Santa Claus. She's like Santa Claus on steroids. <laughs> so this year, we were, because of the uh, COVID-19, we were supposed to have a reduced amount of um, gifts in the house but i notice i'm starting to walk over a lot of stuff uh, that's not un unboxed yet unpacked that has to be wrapped so uh i i thought i'm what i'm lo really looking for is to having turkey on christmas because there's too much debate in our family about lamb ham and oh, to me christmas is you gotta have turkey yeah we were trying to switch things up this year because we had turkey at Thanksgiving. There's not that much time in between. Uh, but, uh, but Terry vetoed the rest of the family and, and said, no, you, you, can't, you have to have a turkey again on, on Christmas. You a uh, you, uh, turkey on the holidays person, Maddie? I'll do turkey on Thanksgiving. I like ham and prime rib on Christmas. See? Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, she, she, asked, she asked me the Friday after Thanksgiving, do we have to have turkey at Christmas? And I looked at Kim and I said, well, you, that's not a fair question the day after Thanksgiving. The answer is usually no, because you had so much turkey laying around that, you know, so, but you're, but, wow, that's, and who cooks the ham and the prime rib? Well, in a normal year, it's usually my dad or my grandma, but this year, since, you know, we're all going to be in Buffalo, I'm from Chicago, so that's where I'd be going home to, but this year we'll be in Buffalo, so it's just going to be a small group, so we're not going to do ham or prime rib. Instead, we're going to have a little bit of fun and make pasta on Christmas. Ooh. Yeah, make some. Well, Kim's, Kim's talking about pasta. lasagna on Christmas Eve. That's Christmas Eve, yeah, hon. Christmas Eve. 
I will tell you though, Maddie. So uh, Terry's very nostalgic. So I'm the I'm the giver at at Christmas, right? I probably go overboard. Um, but Terry is very nostalgic at Christmas. So, and he is responsible for the tree. So that's all he's responsible for is our Christmas tree. And he has on there ornaments from when he was a child from his grandmother. He's got every ornament from every kid when they were, you know, two years old to, to last year. And then, um, and he, he's, uh, how, how do you say that on, uh, he likes to save, um, tinsel from the Christmas tree from year to year. He didn't put it up this year, but I don't know, how old is that tinsel? I don't even know if anyone puts tinsel on trees anymore, those silver little pieces of string, but how, how old is well, that tinsel? It's, it's uh, every year when I put the tinsel on the tree, Maddie, I would meticulously, literally take every strand and save it so some of it is from the 50s, 1950s. Oh, my gosh. Late 50s, early 60s. But I don't put it up anymore because, you know, I, uh, I'm afraid that I may not have the diligence to take it all off because I literally take every strand of that tinsel off the tree. Yeah. All right, used strand to. Strand by strand. That, yeah. that sounds got, like an intense process. I've got ornaments from 1906 from uh, that my grandmother had on her tree and uh, so. Yeah, and then the dogs come running in and you're like holding your breath that they don't knock down one of those. Don't knock over the ornaments. Yeah, yeah <laughs> my daughter, Jessie's got this big brown lab with this tail that'll knock you over if he hits you with it. And the dog gets by the tree and he's gonna smash all the ornaments. So I have to, I have to be on ornament patrol a lot well we'll end our podcast interview with this question since you've got a lot of ornaments on the tree and it seems like there's some good stories to go with the ornaments so what's one of your favorite ornaments on your tree and the story that goes behind that ornament well there's two of them there's baby jesus and there's magic santa and every year they're the last two to go on the tree and the, when, when I put the tree up, they're the last two to go on the tree. And when I take the tree down, they're the first two to come off to preserve them. And, and Magic Santa is actually one of the 1906 ornaments. So, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure, so that's 114 years old, that, you know, nothing happens to it. And then, and then there's, you know, uh, my daughter's dog, Bodie. Uh, who's now <laughs> gone to the doggy other world. Uh, you know, she's, uh, I got Bodhi on, a, on a, a, one of her pictures on an ornament, so. That's pretty special. It sounds like an awesome tree. Um, Kim, Terry, thanks so much for doing the interview. Terry, it was fun to have you on. I'm yeah. glad we were able to uh, schedule you because Kim said, you know, you're tough to get on the schedule, especially yeah. for interviews. So I feel very um, happy and pumped that we were able to uh, get you on here before the and regular I, season finishes. What's, what's with that 17 behind you? I see number 17. Who's that? You know, I don't know. He's this guy <laughs> who throws the ball. He yeah. plays for the Bills. The guy, I heard he's the guy with the good. rocket arm. The guy with the <laughs> rocket arm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we're going to top this, Maddie. 
next week. I, I don't know. Oh, you know I mean, how you, you know how you can top this? Just get Trey on again. You know he's <laughs> he's a lot more fun than I am. Well, thank you, Hun, for being uh, our guest on this episode of our podcast. And um, happy holidays to everyone out there. Merry Christmas, and we hope that everyone has a safe and happy um, holiday. And we'll see you Monday, Maddie. I know we'll talk about it a little bit later, but Monday, Monday night football. We are back. Crazy. Thanks, Terry. Appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. And Merry Christmas to everyone. The Buffalo Bills are proud to partner with National Grid in promoting the Safety First initiative where every time a Bill of Safety makes a tackle at home, National Grid will donate $50 to the 100 Club of Buffalo in support of first responders and their families. National Grid reminds you to put safety first in your home with this easy tip. Check the batteries in your carbon monoxide detectors regularly. Okay, Kim, we have another Ask the Owner segment this week. Asked our Twitter fans and Bills Mafia to tweet in some questions that they had for you, and we got a ton. A lot of people also wanted to know an update on the live Buffalo that we had talked about in in the podcast episode with Trey White. Some some fans are interested in how we can make that happen. But I'm going to kick off with a question that you're so familiar with and something that you just excel at in life, uh, Grayson. Tumult wants to know, with all these cookies being baked, will Kim ever post a recipe? And I can't even imagine probably how many cookies will be baked this week in your house. Yes. So, yes, I, of course, I can post um, a recipe. Listen, sometimes this stuff comes at me like last minute. So, um, and especially when I'm doing it on game day, like a lot of times I just don't have time to think about, oh, I should post this recipe. Um, but I will tell you, I'm, I'm happy to do it. You know, it is a process though. I'm deciding what type of cookie and which recipe that I use. It's actually um, quite a complicated process. One, sometimes um, it might be a theme, so I have to decide on who, like what group I'm, I'm baking for. There's, I've got some, like some in our communications um, PR group are not a big fan of chocolate. I don't know why, Ooh. but they're not a big fan of chocolate. So they always want like non-chocolate cookies. Um, sometimes other people are huge chocolate and peanut butter fans or some with allergies. So first I got to decide, okay, who is the, is the priority of these cookies, right? Um, and then as I go through recipes, um, you know, the internet is awesome because now like before I have got a ton, a big collection of cookbooks, but now that we have the internet, like you can just, you know, have thousands of recipes. Um, and so I've made enough cookies that I can kind of tell if the recipe, recipe is going to be good or not. Sometimes the pictures on the internet are do not are not real. Like they don't add up. Looking cookies, and then you make them, and it does not look like anything in the photos. So um, I've learned to kind of understand as I look at the ingredients. Um, I mean, certainly the ratings, if it's five stars or if it's only got two stars, and how many people actually, um, you know, put um, their recommendations. And I read through all the like suggested notes of people that actually made it. So it, it takes a while. Wow. It really does because there's nothing worse than spending the time and you're, you're, you know, getting your butter to room temperature and you're putting all together and you're, you know, chilling the dough for an hour and you're waiting and then you bake the cookies and they're not good. They're flat. They're not, they taste off or not the right consistency. And you just spend all that time doing it. So I make sure to make sure that I definitely prep before I decide on what cookies to make. Um, and then I've learned, sorry, I've learned in the past that I need to then note the recipe 
because I like to try so many different recipes and I forget. I'm like, oh my gosh, what was that recipe I made that came out really good? And I forget which one it is. So I've learned now to mark them like, hey, I made these on this date. They were, you know, rate, make my own ratings or my own notes on them uh, before I put them away in my files. I was gonna say, I'm sure by now you've made enough cookies and have enough recipes that you can kind of just go from your head on some or, or you make alterations to different recipes because you already know what's gonna taste good. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's still a science though. It still is a lot of thought that goes into it. I will tell you though, since my, my hubby was on, the, um, was just uh, on our podcast, that I think if you ask him, I, we should have asked him, um, one of the reasons he said that he wanted to marry me was because that I made chocolate chip cookies um, at his house when he didn't, without a recipe, because he was single then, living, you know, by himself, um, you know, and I think I was at the house and he went somewhere to do something. And then I was like, oh, you know, I'll just make some cookies. And he was like, wait, how do you, you don't, you don't even have a recipe. And I was like, it's on the bag, <laughs> right? It was like, still out. So he was amazed that, that I could make cookies. And so that was, um, so secret to a long and happy marriage. Yeah, I was going to say, all you single ladies out there listening to the podcast, just make some cookies. So. <laughs> a man's heart is through his stomach, I've been told. So it worked for Terry. I love it. Anthony Riscati has another question. Uh, this one may take a little bit of time to think about because he wants to know what is the accomplishment that has made you most proud of yourself during your career? I'm sure there's a lot of accomplishments that come to mind and a lot of cool things that you have done as an owner and a president. I know me personally, like seeing what you've done, I think one of the coolest things in my mind is just that you're a female and you've been able to pave the way for so many people. And just being a woman in a president role for an NFL team, you don't see that a lot. And so I think it makes other people think that this isn't not reachable. If I want to do this, Kim Pagula is already in that role. And so I can work my way up and do something like that, just like she did. So I would have to say from an outsider looking in, that's what I think is just how you've been able to trailblaze for so many young women who probably want to work in football in different and various roles. Well, we're seeing it more and more every day. So it, there's the future looks really bright for women in sports. Um, for diverse people in sports and leadership positions. I think we are all heading in the right direction and that took us a little bit too long to do it, but we're moving forward now. So um, I'm happy to be a part of that. I would say probably the, the accomplishment, you know, wow. Um, you, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I realize not everyone can do some of the things that, that Terry and I have done, but I would say it's been so rewarding, um, you know, the Penn State, um, us being able to give, give to build um, the Penn State hockey um, arena, uh, you know, I can't remember how many years ago uh, now it was, but um, being able to do that, and, and yes, I know it was just money, but to see what that has been able to do. So not only do, you know, we were able to build the facility, but we were also able to endow scholarships. And every year, get a letter from the recipient of that scholarship um, and allowing just, you know, sports has always been so big with us, of course, with our oldest daughter and, you know, and seeing the effects of that and tying sports with other things like education. Um, and just, I think those accomplishments, things like that, I mean, just Saturday, you know, buying the bills and 
being here in Buffalo and then knowing really like seeing how much it means to these fans. I think those I know are big things that not everyone can can put on their bucket list of like, hey, I want to build a hockey arena and I want to, you know, own a football team and a hockey team. And um, but I think from an accomplishment standpoint, listen, you know, we could have just relaxed and retired and just, you know, just been hanging out and, you know, enjoying life. Um, but I think, you know, being able to put our resources uh, that we, you know, worked a long time for, but being able to put it back in um, and then getting the benefits back out and what we feel like we've been able to accomplish um, for this community, for, for kids um, at Penn State, even my alma mater, Houghton College, the facility that we helped there. So um, I think, you know, I don't want to say making money, um, but the ability for us to have made money so that we can then give it back. I think giving back part is the biggest accomplishment, I would say. Yeah, pouring into a community, pouring into places that have touched you in different ways where you went to school, um, different places that mean different things to you are always super special. If you're in a place where you can give back, I think that's such a special thing to do and it, and it means so much for the people receiving it. And, and when you do it, it feels so great to give to, to know that um, you've been able to help someone or something or a place We've got one final question. It's from M. Larrabee. It's a very topical question. He wants to know, are you working on contingency plans to enable live fan attendance for the playoffs? I know Governor Cuomo has said a couple times now that if, if there's a way for fans to be in the stadium and a way to do it safely for the playoffs, we would like to do that, but it's going to be a work in progress and there's a lot of hoops to jump through and a lot of things to figure out. Yes, um, I, I totally agree with him, but I think the fact that he's even talking about it and continues to talk about it, um, at least is a positive sign in the right direction. And at the end of the day, you know, you can't fault the governor for wanting to keep our county, our state um, safe um, to, you know, to make sure that our cases are going down. Um, so we can't fault him for that. And I think that if we, you know, all as a fan base, if we can show as a community, as Erie County, if we can do what we can control, which is to wear a mask, to wash our hands, to keep the distance. And, you know, especially during the holidays, if we can just say, listen, this is just one Christmas, hopefully of many for, for many of us, to just, you know, say, look at it a special way and resist the urge to do some of the things that might spread and, and get our cases up higher. Um, I do think that, you know, the governor is open. Listen, he is a fan. He is a fan of the Buffalo Bills. We are the only team in New York. He wants to be able to say yes. I do know that, um, but doing it in the safe way. And I think we can all help him get to that yes by getting our, our positive cases down and doing what we can, we can do individually um, to help ourselves um, prove to him that Erie County, we can do it. You know, We can do it, we can get our cases down and we can do it safely um, in a responsible, uh, responsible way. Definitely. Oh, I'm still have, keeping my fingers crossed. Same here. I hope it happens. I think it's positive that he's talked about it and he's open to talking about it. And it's a big undertaking, but it's also a simple thing to follow. If we can all be safe and we can all be healthy and we can all say, you know what, this Christmas isn't going to look the same this Christmas Eve, this, this New Year's, but 
if we are able to follow the rules and do the safe things, then maybe we'll get to be in the stands for a home playoff game. And saying that sounds so special and even worth maybe missing out on a couple things for the holidays that we can do. And we can do it times 20 next year when the yeah. pandemic isn't around. Yeah. And, and I know how much it really would mean for our players. I mean, they've been playing um, in obviously stadiums without fans, um, our, all our home games and, and them just seeing the uh, the fans at the airport, like they know how much um, getting fans in the stadium for that game. Um, I mean, that's just, you know, adrenaline you can't manufacture. Um, and so, but like I said, the governor, we've been working with his team uh, consistently, uh, tweaking our plan, you know, talking through things. So um, I think, you know, whenever the governor feels like, you know, we have a good place and a good plan in place, um, we will be ready to go. I love it. That's some good news, I think. So week 16 is upon us. It's a matchup against the newly eliminated from the playoffs, New England Patriots. Uh, they have Buffalo Bills have a chance to sweep New England for the first time since 1999 with a win. And as we're Going through this 2020 season, we've been able to say a lot of for the first time since a 90s year. So this is just another step in the right direction to be able to say that the Bills beat the Patriots twice uh, in a season is something that hasn't happened in a long time. But since week 12, Kim, the Patriots are only allowing 15.8 points per game. We know that their, their defense is good. It's a Bill Belichick ran defense. So, of course, he's going to make it strong and stingy and tough to score on. But they haven't been scoring that many points on offense. Regardless, the Patriots always make it tough. Uh, we won in a close game against them in week eight by only three points. I would expect something of the same nature this coming week, because we're playing on Monday Night Football this week, but I would expect something similar, especially because we just clinched the AFC East and they're not going to the playoffs. I feel like there's going to be a little bit extra oomph to the Patriots of wanting to beat the Bills just once this season, but hopefully the Bills feel that even more and are thinking we're not even going to let the Patriots beat us. We're winning out for the re rest of the regular season, even though they're good they're not better than us. Listen, I have been on the side where we are out of the playoffs, but you for sure want to kick somebody else out of the playoffs or, you know, as we're sitting in second place, um, you know, knock them down a peg. So even if you're out of the playoffs, um, you, you don't want other teams to succeed. <laughs> so I, I, I definitely, uh, you know, expect a tough game. Um, and as we said, you know, every player, like, you don't go into a, a, a game thinking, you know, well, we're going to lose anyways. I mean, players are just wired to play no matter what, right? Um, so I, I would expect that the Patriots are going to show up. Um, it's, quote, home. It's, you know, their home team. They're, they'll be ready. Um, and I think, you know, you know, sometimes it's hard because when you're at the top for so long, as the Patriots have been, um, you know, going, you know, falling from that it's not fun. So they've got nothing to lose. You know, um, I think they're going to play hard. Um, for us, you know, we are, you know, we're in the playoffs, yes, but there's still some things in movement going on that could, you know, get us to being the number two seed versus number three. I mean, there's still some things in play for us. We still, there's still meaningful games for us um, to get that position. And I think that's what where we need to focus that, you know, 
um, the East is not, you know, it, we're, we're there, but we're not there. Like you said, one and done. Um, and what we do in the Patriots game and in the Miami game uh, may set us up for, um, you know, being two home games, you know, um, or, or just one. Yeah, there's there's still a lot of work to be done in the regular season, even though we are the AFC East champions. You want to win the next two games because they're important in regards to seeding. We not alone can affect really anything, but we've got to wait for and see what other teams do and, and see how all that plays out in seeding. Because like Sean McDermott has said, it's important to be the highest seed. You want to be that number one seed. You want to be as high as you can be because that's just going to help you at the end of the day. You're going to have an easier road to the Super Bowl if you are a higher seed. And we know that the number one seed, they're the one who they're the ones who get the bye week this year. It's a it's a different um playoffs in, in regard of who gets the bye week and that the one seed is the only team that gets the bye week. So yep. it'll be interesting to see how it all, all how it all happens, how it plays out, including this week 16 game against the Patriots. Regular season is is almost finished. We've got two more games left, exciting two games left. One Sunday, one o'clock kick left to Monday night football ahead of us. So It'll be good to close it out the right way and then head into the playoffs with a, with a lot left in store, I want to say. You know, it's been a crazy schedule, not just in, in terms of all the West Coast games that we've had, but all the primetime games. And they're fun. Like, they, you know, I was like, why don't we do this more often before? <laughs> like, primetime is fun. Um, at first, I was, like, hard to get used to. Just always love that, you know, the regular routine of having that 1 o'clock Sunday game. But now I'm getting used to these primetime, you know, 4.30 games, Monday night games, you know, Thursday night game. like I'm kind of getting used to it now. So I'm, I'm hoping that um, our fans show up, they tune in and that, you know, we, we get some great ratings and the, uh, the, the scheduling gods, you know, at the, at the league next year that, you know, maybe we get some more primetime games because um, we've done well in them and, and uh, they're a lot of fun to be a part of. Yeah, I'm hoping so. The 11 and 3 Bills so far deserve definitely a lot of primetime games next season. We'll see how they can finish out the regular season. Hopefully they can finish out with two more wins. But yeah, I see some more primetime games in our future. But that's going to do it for us. Kim, thanks for being on for another episode. Thanks for, thanks for convincing Terry to come on for an episode too. I appreciate that. <laughs> Well, I'm looking forward to not having to take the tree down and take out any tinsel. So, you know, like, like I said, that's, I'll take care of everything else. He, as long as he takes care of the tree, um, it will be a Merry Christmas for me. So, I love it. Well, we hope everybody, all of our listeners, has a wonderful holiday. Uh, happy, happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas Eve. I'm trying to think if we'll be on before the New Year's. I can't, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. So, but, well, like I said, still have a couple games, so I'm sure we will see everybody. We will be back next week, so see you then. Yep, we will see you guys next week. Have All a right. good one.